I often dwell upon John 10, 10, that the enemy comes to seek, kill, and destroy, which is really what he had done for a lot of years with that lie. But Jesus came to give us life and life abundant. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition, or I guess it would be an episode, another episode of The Unseen Story. Brooke and Adam here to introduce this week's story. So the story you're about to hear is from a dear friend of mine by the name of Becky, and um, I met her probably like 10 years ago when she was just starting her faith journey. Mm. I met her at a Bible study, and it's so crazy because in the beginning, her her story was about how God brought her to faith through her breast cancer. And now, to hear her story today... And breast cancer is so, almost like a, a side note. It is a side note. Yeah, it's really crazy. Um, so I, I just, I love Becky's story. I love her passion for the Lord. And um, just so humbled that she would share with us. It's really exciting. But I mean, it doesn't surprise me because her favorite thing to talk about is Jesus. So, mm. And disclaimer, Becky talks really fast, especially when she's excited. She's come a long way in that and she talks slower now. But um, when she's excited and she was excited when she talked to us. So... <laughs> Get get ready. <laughs> I mean, if you normally listen at one and a half speed, maybe you can just put it on one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope you guys enjoy her as much as I do. Uh, you're listening to Becky's story, Abundant Life. Hi, my name is Becky. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I am a wife and a mom of two boys. I also play a lot of tennis. I disciple a lot of young girls, and that makes my day really busy, and I love it. From a young age, all I can, all the time I can remember, I had a huge gift of faith. I knew there was a God. I knew God loved me. I knew God had a perfect plan for me. I had no idea why I needed Jesus. Okay, so nearly 16 years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. By God's grace, the doctor who told me I had breast cancer that day that I went for the mammogram, um, she said, we are going to, you're going to be just fine. We're going to get it all. You're going to see your kids graduate. You're going to see your kids get married. You're going to be just fine. And then um, I now know that was God giving me hope through a person with a message through a person. But I totally believe that I was completely at peace during the whole thing. I mean, a lot of it was painful and hard, but I was really at peace because of my hope and faith in God but it was not salvation through Christ. And I realized that Jesus is truly the key. And um, my husband, on day two of diagnosis, my husband came home from work and he says to me, Becky, so-and-so that I do business with wants to know how he can pray for you specifically. And I said, what, specifically? You can ask God for a specific prayer request? He goes, I guess so. And I was like, well, wow, I never heard of that. I grew up in a religion where I just knew rote prayers. And so... 
I said, yes, please, please go back and ask him to pray that the cancer is not in my lymph nodes. And so he goes, okay. And so he went back and asked his friend, which was like miracle number one, that he did that. And so cancer came and went and God did answer that prayer request that it was not in my lymph nodes. But for three years, that idea of who is this God that you can pray specific prayers to, like a personal God, like who is that God? And I just, that idea spun in my head and spun in my head. And um, about two years later, my neighbor gave me a Bible to read. It was one of those Bibles that was organized, some Old Testament and New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs every day. And so I just started reading it. And um, I would say about 200 of the 365 days, we would talk on my front yard about what we read. And everything was over my head. I had no idea what I was reading. I was just kind of addicted to going back to it every day. And about six months into that process, I was sitting at church. Oh, the other neighbor on my other side invited us to church. And so I was sitting at church and um, we had gone several times. I had been several times to this church. And about six months after I started reading the Bible, just one day, the Lord took the veil off my eyes and had me fully understand who Jesus was and why I needed Jesus as a savior. Um, and I just, it was that moment. I just accepted his sacrifice for me and his death, burial, and resurrection. And um, that was when I became a believer. Um, a few months later, I jumped into a class at our church. And it was a class that really kind of taught you how to have a relationship with the Lord, how to live the life that Jesus has called for us. Um, they taught me how to read the Bible and journal and um, just hear from the Lord in the reading and write it down so I could go back and look at it, how to do a Bible study, how to um, share my faith with other people and just all of that. And it was a fantastic class. I took, there was three of them, 11 weeks each. And then after that, I jumped in and started leading those classes and I haven't left. It is so fun. So I really do feel like the Lord has made me a disciple maker. I get to teach the women how to hear from the Lord through the word and it's been totally life-giving. I, by God's grace, every I have read the Bible um, starting six months before I became a believer every day since I've been a believer. So about 12 something years now. And every day, no matter what, even if I'm in the middle of the book numbers, God gives me something very personal. And that has been fantastic. But more recently, the Lord has shown me there's more. So, um, about a year, a little over a year ago, I start just out of the blue. I just started praying, God, if there's more, I want more. I just want to understand more. Around that time, or maybe even prior to that time, a podcast was sent to me. It was a seven series podcast. And I listened to the whole thing. And it was definitely teaching about the spiritual battle that we face that I had never, had never heard of, never heard of in church before, never studied on my own. So like, that's like curious, like wh why has my church not talked about this? Why have we not talked about this in community? Or like, I just had, was really quite surprised that I never heard anyone talk about this. So like a good Berean, I listened to these several times. I listened to them with my Bible open and my journal and my pen. I wanted to make sure I wasn't ever walking outside of God's word. And after doing that for a good long time, I decided I am going to try one of these, what I've been taught. So, um, for a really long time, I battled with what I probably would have loosely labeled FOMO, fear of missing out, because I didn't have another better word, but that wasn't really quite it. And over time, God was showing me, eventually I learned that it was really more of I was believing I wasn't likable. And so I had known that um, for a little while, and this podcast showed me how to get healed of that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to walk in faith. And so... Um, 
I just started praying, Jesus, is there a backstory that you want to heal me of that relates to this? I am not likable. And really before I was able to finish my sentence, he already put on my mind the very clear backstory. Like just it pictured in my mind. And the backstory was in second grade, I was playing, I was walking around the playground at my school with my best friend, Jenny. And um, we'd come across some girls that were playing Foursquare. And they asked Jenny if she wanted to play. And she said, well, yes, but I'm playing with Becky today. So only if Becky can play too. And they said, no, we don't want Becky. We just want you. And she goes, well, I'm not going to play then. And we walked on. And I remember that story very vividly because I thought, what a beautiful friend to stick by my side. I had even told my own children that story as an example of the beautiful friend. I totally missed the part about what was said to me. And so Jesus said, that's where it started. And I had learned through these podcasts that we can make agreements with the enemy, which was like foreign to me. And so I followed what the man had said, which was a very simple command, not a prayer. Satan, I break the agreement that I made with you in second grade that I'm not likable. And by the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, I break that agreement and I replace it with that I'm likable in radical transformation in my heart. The peace in my heart, I mean, definitely surpassed all understanding. And I had, this had been a battle for a lot, a lot, a lot of years. Actually, it never bothered me until I became a believer about 10 years or 11 years prior to this. And um, there was progress made in that. There was progress, but, um, and there was a ton of prayer. And I do believe God was working in every one of those prayers. But this one wasn't just answered by prayer alone. This one I needed to take and do business with the enemy and the authority of Jesus Christ that I have. And, and I, I just was radically set free. I mean, it got to be so bad at some points that we could never eat dinner to the west of our house because you have to, I, to the, we live on the east side of our neighborhood and to the west, you have to pass the, all these homes. And I would see homes that were empty and I'm like, oh, they're all at a party. So we weren't invited. Or I would see homes that were full of people. I'm like, oh, they're having a party and we're not invited. And it was so painful to me that we just ate everywhere west or east because I didn't have to see those homes. And that's how it came to a point where it was like really manipulating um, my life. It was really bad. And I was just radically set free. Now, if I see a big party, if I hear a big party, I'm like, I don't care. I'm totally set free. I know that was a lie and it's done. It's gone. One of my favorite verses is um, Galatians 5.1, where Jesus tells us that it was for freedom that Christ set us free. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely living in that freedom. I often dwell upon John 10, 10, that the enemy comes to seek, kill, and destroy, which is really what he had done for a lot of years with that lie. But Jesus came to give us life and life abundant. You know, that life abundant, um, I maybe would have thought I had abundant life, but I'm like, really, Jesus wants full abundant life for me. Battling that lie, he wants to take that too. Um, and so we're told to resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I'm not sure what many Christians would say their definition of resist the devil, but now I have lots of ways to resist the devil. You know, shut up, Satan, get out. Um, another story is um, somebody who's really close to me. It was always difficult to be around this person. Not the entire time we were together, but there were jabs. And it was just really, really hard for a long time, many years. And finally, it just dawned on me one day that there was a spirit of envy that was attacking me from this person. And I, same podcast that I was listening to taught me how to deal with that. 
And I'm like, okay. Again, I studied it in scripture and made sure it was right. And I asked Jesus, stop this right now if this is not of you. And so all I said was spirit of envy that's attacking me from so-and-so. I bind you in the name of Jesus and I cast you out. And I replace you with the spirit of love. And radical transformation in that relationship. When I used to go and be with this person and hang out for, let's say, a weekend or a week, I would have probably 20 people praying for us because it was that hard on me at times. And and again, I believe God answers every prayer and he's working through every one of those prayers. But this one wasn't just answered by prayer. I needed to go forth and resist the, resist the enemy. And I think that, that the way I did that was to tell the enemy, he can't attack me. And Jesus tells us in Colossians 2, 15, um, on the cross, Jesus disarmed the rulers and authority. He took away their power. So I have the power because of Jesus in me to say, you have to stop. I bind you, cast you out. And he fled and it's gone. And it's been over a year and a half or maybe nearly two years. And amazing, radical transformation. Again, the enemy comes to seek, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and life abundant. And I now have an abundant relationship with this friend. And with God opening my eyes to this and giving me these real tangible experiences that other people can even see the fruit of these, these miracle healings, I'm then able to go and tell other people. And so God has spoken to me every single day through the word. Now he's never spoken to me through the passages that said, go cast out demons and heal the sick and raise the dead. Um, I just kind of probably read past that until recently, but now he does <laughs> all the time. I was in um, Honduras and um, so I was teaching on some of the scriptures that say, I was really wanting to teach on casting out demons because I've had experiences in that. Like our, my testimony is my testimony. No one can argue it. Right. And I just want other people to be set free. Um, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. And I want that for so, for everybody. I just want that. So I was t- teaching on that, but in that passage, um, it's in several of the gospels. Um, Jesus is saying, um, cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, preach the word or whatever. It's, it's a combination of them. And so I was reading that in all the different areas that I see it in scripture. And I said, well, I don't have a raise the dead story. So we're going to skip that for now. Um, but I want to talk about casting out demons. So I talked and about that. And you don't get a lot of feedback because they don't speak your language and there's interpreter. So it goes really slow. And at the end of it, um, I said, okay, does anyone have anyone, anything they want to share? And I'll never forget this lady in yellow. Like she raised her hand and she stood up and she started sharing. And like the whole group, like their jaws dropped and they're like hanging on her words. And I'm like, I don't understand Spanish. I'm like, what is that? What is she saying? And my interpreter was so mesmerized by the story. And so she's finally giving me bits and pieces because the lady is speaking rapid fast. And she has this story and like it's totally animated and it's amazing. And um, so finally, she's telling me that she raised her husband from the dead. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here I am saying, I don't have a story like that. We'll talk about that another time. I didn't know the other time would have been 25 minutes later. And um, her husband had, had, had a, I think it was his fifth heart attack. And he was at the hospital in Honduras. She's Honduran. And um, he, he had passed away. And, but the Lord had promised her that he, her husband would come to saving faith in Jesus prior to passing away. And he hadn't yet. And she knew that. And she's like, no, 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 he can't be dead. And so she 
the, the doctors came out and told her, she's like, no, 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 go back and work on him. You've got to go back and work on him. And they're like, no, no. And so the doctors went back in and they sent the nurses out. <laughs> the nurse, she's like, no, 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 go back and work on him. And she stood her ground and she, and they went back and that man got back to life. And she stayed by his side until he was totally stable. And then she went and she preached the good news throughout that entire hospital. And he's still alive to the day that I saw her. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, you are so funny because I had the cast out demon stories and here's this lady in yellow that had the raise the dead story. And so I just hope everyone would pray, Lord, give me eyes to see you working in through and around me because this is the abundant life. This is the fun life to see him working and to hear these stories and to be able to repeat them to people and, and encourage them. Okay, so there was Becky's story. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. I, there's so much I love about this, but I think just from our faith journey and how we learned so much about the Lord through His Word and still do today, obviously, and just had that beautiful foundation of faith, we then learned about uh, our authority much later mm-hmm. uh, in the same way or similarly to Becky's story. And what resonates with me about Becky's story is that from a very young age, she made an agreement with the enemy that I think, oh my gosh, so many of us make these like casual, subtle agreements with the enemy and we don't even realize it, but they are a stronghold. Yeah in our lives that Jesus wants to set us free from. And I I just think it's so powerful. And and it was crippling Becky in so many ways and just robbing her of the abundant life that Christ died to give her. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we realize that um, that one, children are so, are so vulnerable because they have such a simple, beautiful faith. Um, they are very easily swayed by what somebody else says of them. And then the enemy comes in and says, ooh, I'm going to take that and I'm going to plant that lie in their heart, inside that memory. And because it's so painful, they won't go back. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think that that from our perspective, just on our journey, I mm. think the spiritual side of things, like when you say things like making an agreement with the enemy, people get a little uncomfortable, I think, with that right. language. But I think there's a reality to like, everyone has experiences of, of hearing from an inner critic mm. of, you know, just negative self-talk. And having been doing marriage ministry for as long as we have, yeah. you just recognize how powerful your your earliest years are, you know, what your parents told Ooh. you and and what life told you and how that's still speaking to you. Oh, man. And yeah. so I think that's a, maybe for some people that are like, oh, the en- make an agreement with the enemy. That's, you know, wacky woo-woo stuff. <laughs> well, just think about it. Life circumstances are still speaking to you. Mm. And what mm-hmm. are they saying to you currently and paying attention to that. Yeah, and whose voice are you allowing to be louder? Are you allowing the voice of someone else from your past be louder than the voice of the Lord who says you are redeemed, you are holy, you are his, you are chosen? Yeah, I always think about Ephesians. uh, For God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we ask or think according to the power that is working within you. So you have the Holy Spirit. It's powerful. And I think this is maybe just an additional step for some people Mm. is just to say, 
I have authority because Jesus lives inside of me. I have the Holy Spirit who moves in power. Yeah. And and I am going to reject whatever that lie is and take authority over it because of Jesus. Yeah, and I love how Becky said that she went she went to the scriptures. Like she heard this truth and she was like, Oh, wait a minute. I need to listen to that again. Where am I finding all of this in scripture? And she found everything to line up with what that podcast had taught her. And I think that, you know, she saw immediate fruit from that and, and was just so blessed by it. And I, I'd like to think that that made the Lord so happy. Mm. <laughs> you know, he's actually getting what he paid for. Yeah. It, it, and I think it was really cool how she just, it was a very sweet, very succinct, very authoritative mm-hmm. prayer. The Lord showed her mm-hmm. where it was. She knew what she needed to do, mm-hmm. said a prayer, boom, done. And, and we can, we do know that podcast. You knew those, you mm. know, the episodes. So we yes. can link to those. I'll put them in the show notes. So if yeah. you want to listen to the the teaching on that and the verses yeah. and, you know, to kind of dig into it yourself. Yeah, that that um, podcast is called The Place We Find Ourselves. And that series um, was done in 2019. So it's been around for a minute, but man, the group of gals that I run with, um, we listen to it often. <laughs> it's always good to have a refresher. Yep. Um, so. All right. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. You guys, we hope that today and every day in the future, you experience the abundant life that Christ died to give you. It is yours. So take it and run with it. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.